of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before we get started, a warning. This episode contains mentions of suicide. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about women of science fiction. These women inspire us to imagine impossible worlds, alien creatures, and fantastical inventions, revealing our deepest fears and hopes for the future. Today's Womanikin made her mark with a haunting short story, just one piece of her immense body of work. She dedicated her life to imagining utopias, starting with the real struggles of women in her era. But her attempts at ideal futures belied her own prejudices. Let's talk about Charlotte Perkins Gilman. In 1890, Charlotte received a letter from H.E. Scudder, editor of the Atlantic Monthly. Surely, Charlotte thought, this had to be about the short story she'd recently submitted for publication. It was perhaps her best work yet. All about her time as a new mother. The editor must have read it. She tore the letter open. Well, he'd certainly read the story. Dear Madam, the letter began. Mr. Howells has handed me this story. I could not forgive myself if I made others as miserable as I have made myself. Charlotte shrugged and tossed it to the side. 
She later wrote, This was funny. The story was meant to be dreadful and succeeded. She'd find a new place to submit her story. Charlotte was born in Hartford, Connecticut on July 3, 1860. Her roots as an activist and writer stemmed from her family. On her father's side, she was related to the renowned preacher Lyman Beecher and to Harriet Beecher Stowe, author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. In 1884, Charlotte married artist Charles Stetson. Their daughter, Catherine, was born soon after. Charlotte hadn't been very happy with married life before Catherine's birth, but afterwards, things were different. Worse. Charlotte was dejected, irritable, prone to mood swings. She was tired. These symptoms wouldn't go away. And to make matters worse, nobody seemed to understand what it was she was going through. Charlotte was miserable. She'd later say she came so near the borderline of utter mental ruin that I could see over. Charlotte was suffering from what we'd now call postpartum depression, a common occurrence in the days, months, and even years post-birth. The marriage didn't last. When she could, Charlotte packed up herself and Catherine and hopped on a train to California. Once there, she set pen to paper. The most harrowing months of her life would become her most famous work. The resulting short story was called The Yellow Wallpaper. It told the story of a woman in Charlotte's situation, diagnosed by a male doctor as having the woman's disease of nervous trouble. The story's protagonist is forced into bed, deprived of any stimulation. She becomes obsessed with the patterns in the yellow wallpaper lining her sick room. It starts to speak to her. She descends into madness. The rest cure creates the very psychosis it was supposed to treat. Though the Atlantic Monthly originally passed on the story, it was later published in New England Magazine in 1892. It inspired many letters to the editor on the subject, calling it graphic, accusing it of holding the reader in morbid fascination to the end. One letter asked if such literature should be permitted in print. Rest assured, Charlotte continued to get her work out in print. She wrote throughout her life, even as it took her across the country and through many new stages. She divorced Charles in 1894 after a lengthy and public legal battle. For years, she lived with a fellow writer, Adeline Knapp, one of several women she had romantic relationships with in her life. For a time, Charlotte and Adeline lived in Oakland and ran a boarding house, supplementing their income while the two women wrote. But Charlotte could never escape the domestic obligations she loathed. At one point, she was raising her daughter, taking care of her sick mother, tending to her boarding house residents, all while battling recurrent depressive episodes. When Catherine was nine years old, Charlotte sent her back to Rhode Island to live with Charles. Tabloids caught wind of the story and painted her as a heartless woman who abandoned her child. Still, Charlotte continued forward with her writing and activism. She turned her attention to women's suffrage. She began by writing articles and poems for progressive papers. Eventually, she founded, edited, and wrote the entirety of her own journal, called The Forerunner. She was prolific, melding poems, short stories, and essays into one enormous issues-oriented magazine. But the solutions she proposed for society's ills were far from equitable. She wrote about marriage as a sexuo-economic bargain, explaining that the woman needs financial freedom and creative outlets to truly exist as a full being. Otherwise, she is degraded, 
and her children inherit that degradation. And women, which for Charlotte only meant white women, needed liberation in order to exercise their breeding power. A significant amount of Charlotte's work endorsed eugenics and nativism. The idea that people born in the U.S. should receive certain privileges over those born outside of the country. She also advocated for racial purity and strict border policies. In an installment of The Forerunner, Charlotte wrote a story about a female-led utopia, a place with no conflict, no sadness, possible only through an entirely homogeneous society. When she was in her 70s, Charlotte found out she had cancer. Determined to go out on her own terms, she set to writing an autobiography. Then, on August 17, 1935, she died by suicide. She left behind thousands of pages of writing and a reminder that those who design utopias in solitude imagine futures for the few. All month, we're talking about women in science fiction. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.